everybody welcome back to the upside swings draft podcast the podcast with the highest ceiling i'm your host bryce hendricks joined as always by the great stone hansen and a special guest we have today to help us make a big announcement matt isa he's the host of the quest for the best all around one of the best guys and basketball minds out there matt my friend how are you doing i'm doing pretty good guys nice nice to be on yeah absolutely uh we're excited this is this is one of the most exciting pods we've recorded uh just because it's it's big news for us uh stone my friend how are you doing uh doing well um and excited to uh to get to it absolutely uh this is just gonna be probably a short little pod we're gonna just basically announce some news matt is gonna talk a little bit about the quest for the best tie-ins a little bit of draft stuff and then put get you guys on your way uh for the off season we've been putting out quite a few pods so um won't keep you too long but matt we have a big announcement to make uh stone coop uh davis and i we've been teasing this for a long time and it's finally time to sort of make it public so why don't you just let the people know what we're doing what to look forward to and uh how we're working together yeah, um, starting effective this Thursday, so September 9th, um, the Upside Swings podcast will officially be producing content under the umbrella of Rise Entertainment Network, which is a brand new podcast network created by um, myself, my, my friend, and the CEO of the company, Roger Curitan, uh, Alex Ristic, the, the head of operations for the company, Mariah Rivers and Brian Zolkowski. But um, yeah, Upside Swings will be basically Stone and Bryce and their team will be the heads of draft content moving forward for the network. And, um, you know, I met Bryce a couple months ago um, when I asked him to do an interview for the Quest for the Best. And, you know, we've kept, we've kept in content since I've been a big fan of his work. Um, he's wrote a lot of good pieces. One of my favorite was uh, the Alfred Sungoon piece he wrote a couple months ago for Roll Call Sports. But, you know, so I started listening to the Upside Swings podcast, of course, and I got to be more familiar with Stone and his questionable takes. And I realized there isn't, there isn't a a group of guys that's more kind of primed and ready to kind of quarterback draft content for up and coming network. And I'm just, I'm really excited to have these two and their cast of characters um, hanging out with us for the next hopefully couple of years. Yeah, uh, I think Stone and I, when we had that meeting, uh, excitement was an understatement. I mean, we were absolutely ecstatic when we left that meeting with you and Rod. Like, we were basically bouncing off the walls, texting each other, uh, stayed on Zoom for a little bit. I mean, we, it was, um, I'll be honest, we went in maybe a little skeptical and came out just, like, as as enthused as you could be. Uh, It means a lot that uh, Matt thought of us. it has, it's, you know, time is a flat circle. It's hard to even, I want to say I did oh, that. No, you did not. You did not just throw that right there. Absolutely. Oh my God. Absolutely. You're... I want to I say, that. I want to say you interviewed me and it was like March. I want to say like, I wasn't doing that much work and I was like kind of shocked to get asked to do it. Um, but you know, I, I, we've sort of grown our friendship. I know you're a great basketball mind. We are all, all three of us are students of the game. So um, it's a really special thing to be on. Stone, do you want to let people know maybe sort of the content they can expect from us going forward with Rise Network? 
Yeah, um, I think if you've listened to us already, it's going to be um, a lot of the same sort of content that we've been doing, um, just with some uh, maybe better um, optics around it and, and ancillary things uh, in terms of maybe some more exposure and in production and things like that. So I think it's going to be um, what you guys have already come to sort of like about the podcast and just amplified even more. So uh, we're really excited about this partnership. Um, hopefully you guys are going to enjoy uh, the content going forward. We have a lot of exciting guests lined up. Um, there's some big names coming on. Um, so if you guys are uh, sort of feeling like you're in the doldrums of the off season, we have uh, a lot more content than we even expected heading into this off season. So um, it should be a great partnership and a, a great off season as well. Yeah, for sure. I think what makes us such a great um, a great group of guys, the the four of us who run Upside Swings and and Matt and his crew, is that I think we all share a similar um, love for like like love for working. Like Matt puts in so much goddamn work, uh, specifically with this quest for the best coming up, and uh, we're going to transition to that a little bit, Matt. We're going to dive into maybe what we can think of as, as prospects who, who might have that sort of it factor that can make them top 10 players. But before we do that, I just want you to tell the people, what is the quest for the best? What can they expect from this series? Where can they find it? All that type of stuff. Just let people know. Yeah, well, um, to keep it like kind of brief, I've said this like so many, so many times now, like, you know, whether it be pitching it to people I'm trying to get to do an interview with me or advertisers or whoever. But basically, The Quest for the Best is a six-part podcast series that seeks to achieve the most thorough and up-to-date top 10 list of the 10 greatest players in NBA history um, yet created. Uh, it does have, right now, um, last time I counted, I think I had 71 interviews. Uh, you know, it includes, like, analysis from, I want to guess, maybe a 1,000 hours of game film watched. Um just so much has been put into this. And I really truly believe that it might not be, you know, the top 10 that some people believe is the top 10, but it is probably the most thorough, at least since, you know, Ben Taylor wrote his back picks top 40 or Bill Simmons wrote his book of basketball. But um, that's what it is. The easiest way to find it would be to uh, go on my Twitter at Mattisa 15. Um, there's a link to the RSS feed that kind of, if you click it, it takes you to all the links for all the different podcast platforms. So just pick and choose which one you please. Um, I'm not, uh, I don't know, I guess I'm not uh, biased towards one or the other. I listen to my podcast on Apple just because I'm, I'm a simpleton with a, with a simple mind when it comes to technology, but um, whatever you want. But yeah, I mean, that's like the general gist of what the series is. It's um, so I've been, I've been telling people, I haven't officially announced it on Twitter yet, but I've been telling the podcast I've been coming on. It's actually the premiere date is next Tuesday, September 14th. That's when the first two episodes will come out. And after that, we'll be having one episode a week until I make a distinction between two guys who I'm not going to say explicitly right now, but I feel like the general public has a good idea of what I'm talking about. And hopefully people are satisfied with it. Absolutely. I, my excitement is like hard to even describe. Um, as I mentioned, I mean, Matt has been putting in work on this forever. He interviewed me back, like I said, March or April. He's interviewed very high level guys. I mean, college head coaches, uh, former players, like 
he has got a, a wide breadth of guys to talk about this with. Um, and I'm excited to learn too, because if you were to ask me who the GOAT is right now, I'd probably say Bill Russell. So, you know, I'm excited to hear out uh, so, some, some different well-reasoned argument. Um, but, oh, I should also say uh, it's Matt Issa spelled M-A-T-I-S-S-A-1-5 at Matt Issa 15. So follow him there and, and keep up with all the updates with that. And also obviously Rise Network is probably going to have a lot of updates on there. So um, there's all that. I wanted to ask you in your research with trying to curate this top 10 you know i think i think you mentioned on the motor city hoops podcast which is a great podcast go listen to matt on that he did a lot of more in-depth talking about the quest for the best that we're going to do here um you mentioned like there were like 13 or 14 guys um what is sort of like one through line with all those guys that you can look back to them pre-draft and say this existed there you know whether it be a way they changed the game you know i'm not always one for mentality stuff but if there's something there just what is that sort of through line with all these guys that ties them into we should have seen this coming type thing like what is there something like that yeah well i want to start by um making this like kind of distinction where you know when we're projecting guys you guys do this all the time we're we're looking first i think at the kind of archetype of the player and so like there's there's certain archetypes where even if they reach their fullest potential, for example, the like the kind of the cliche like Clay Thompson three and D, you know, that's kind of become like an overused phrase nowadays in like the NBA discourse. But like that, if you reach like the highest version of that, which I think Clay Thompson is right there, his defense at the point of attack could be a little bit stronger. The best you can be is like, you know, a top 15, 20 player in the NBA and like probably the third best player on a championship roster. You know what I mean? So there's like a limit to that. There's a limit to the, you know, the kind of uh, shot blocking rim running big, like a, like say like a Clint Capella, right. You know, there's a limit to that. Even if he reaches the Zenith of his potential, it's still like, it's not enough to have, you can't have enough impact on a basketball game to be, you know, considered one of the greatest of all time. And so one thing that became very clear to me early on in my research is there's really only two player archetypes that can have enough impact on a basketball game to be considered for an exercise like this. And that's your two-way deep, uh, big man. So like, you know, examples here would be like a Tim Duncan, a Kevin Garnett, um, a David Robinson, a Hakeem Olajuwon. And the other type, would be like that kind of the bigger, more like heliocentric offensive creator, like a LeBron James, like a Magic Johnson, like a Larry Bird, um, like a, you know, looking at today's game, these guys obviously are not going to be part of the quest, but like, like a Luka Doncic, like, like a Cade Cunningham, hopefully. But um, so that's the one thing that really became apparent to me. And like, that's something we can learn about drafting prospects is like, okay, um, people like to say, uh, let me think of a good example right now off the top of my head. If, uh, okay, how about, um, all right, now this is, let me think. Let me go through the players. Okay, Jalen Green. Let's go Jalen Green, right? Jalen Green's like this incredible scorer, right? And he's, you know, bigger, longer guy, but he's not like, 
the Cade Cunningham. He doesn't have the feel for the game. He doesn't have the playmaking chops. He doesn't have like the vision of a Cade Cunningham. There's like a hard ceiling to Jalen Green. You know what I mean? Like even if he everything you know uh, works for him, everything goes his way. Like at the end of the day, like you know, I don't mean to be the guy who's like you know crushing dreams and stuff. He can't be you know the best player in the world. He can't be one of the five seven best players in the world. Like if everything goes right for Jalen green, he's probably the second best player on a championship team. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's just like the one like big lesson, I guess, from the quest for the best taking into terms of like looking forward and trying to project prospects. Yeah. I like that. I, I really like that answer because he didn't just say, well, all these guys, they had the killer instinct or, you know, whatever that's, you know, such a tired phrase. And, and while there's some truth to that, I really like that you gave a, a more concrete and basketball answer. That's why I'm more excited for your your series on this than I've ever been for a historical ranking thing. But I I hate that, like that word. Like, I mean, there is like, there's a time and place for it. Like there is certain like kind of like maniacal guys throughout history. You know, you don't need me to name them off. We know them, but um. It's just like such an easy thing to do. Like, like when you're in an argument with somebody, it's such like a, I don't know, like a, just such a cop out, like, oh, okay. If I ask you who's a better basketball player, um, I don't know, say like Kevin Durant and Giannis, right. Instead of like going, like, let's talk about their game on the court. I'll say like, oh man, Giannis just wants it more. Like, okay. That's a silly thing to say, but like, how can you argue with that? You know what I mean? You can't because like, it's just such an arbitrary thing. Like we do not know these guys well enough. And even if we did, we don't, we're not inside their heads, you know, enough to know who truly wants it more. There's no way of quantifying that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point. Um, I want to ask you too, like something you mentioned with all those guys of either archetype that I noticed is a through line is they're all like elite, elite court mappers, you know, Larry Bird, maybe the greatest ever in terms of just like how he sees the floor. He didn't have the athleticism or the handle to always access that, but some of the things he could do just as a court mapper, cutter off ball mover, even the bigs you mentioned, like a Tim Duncan, like he didn't do it the same way as like a LeBron James or, or a magic Johnson, but his court mapping was truly special. Do you think that's something that is intrinsically important to be a, an elite, you know, top 10 player ever? Or do you think there's guys who are going to be on your list who, maybe weren't elite court mappers were an elite in that sort of uh, obvious type of feel. Um, I think there are guys who, who don't qualify as having that type of feel, but I do believe the great, at least when we're talking about the playmaking archetype, those guys have it. You know what I mean? I talked to uh, coach Claxton who, who actually played with Tim Duncan on that championship Spurs run. And I was asking him like, you know, I asked him the question, question about feel, like, what is that like really mean? Like, like, how do you, how do you like know a guy has good feel? And he's like, honestly, you know, I played in the NBA. I was a guard and I may have been undersized, but like, I know enough about the game where if, if I'm watching you and you continuously make the pass that I think you're going to make, like that you're supposed to make, that's how I know you have good feel. You know what I mean? And the guy that everyone wanted to talk about when I was talking to the coaches is the guy who's, you know, playing for Detroit this season, Kate Cunningham, like that guy, he's, he's like one of those guys that has that, you know? So I'm just saying that to tie it into the whole draft thing, but yeah, no, I'm feel is like, it's very important and it's very hard to like quantify. Like you really need to, you kind of really need to have like a, an understanding of X's and O's and you just got to watch it. And the sad thing is honestly, like if you don't have it, it it's really hard to get it. Um, I remember I talked to, uh, coach Fran McCaffrey over at Iowa and he like broke it down for me. He's like, it's 
it's basically pointless to practice uh, the pocket pass. You know what I mean? Because it's just like one of those things like you just need to like you need to know in the moment like, hey, okay, in a split second, either, you know, I find the guy under the rim or I go for the floater or I flip it to the weak side to the open three point shooter like. I don't know. So if you don't, if you don't have it, like I, I hate to say it, like for the younger guys that were, were hoping, you know, once they get more reps and stuff, like it's hard for me seeing a pathway for that to come up. And we're going to talk about that with one of the guys who gets talked about for the series where he didn't necessarily have the feel. And even if he would have been put in a better situation for his talents, I don't believe that it would have come. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, go ahead, Stone. I was just going to say that I think a lot of times when we talk about feel or, or court mapping and things of that, uh, in, in that sort of realm, we focus offensively and, and rightly so, but there's also defensive uh, ways to sort of measure that. Like guys like Bill Russell or Kareem, who were truly elite defensively and, and were tracking balls so they could always know where they should be and time themselves in order to block shots or, or deter shots and, and be rim protectors um, at, to the highest degree. So I think uh, it, it does go both ways. It just maybe doesn't get recognized as much defensively. And it's sort of tied into the draft. We have guys like Mobley and, and Chet and uh, Wimbanyama coming up that are all uh, really elite at that portion of the game. So um, for guys that are like Bill Russell or, or Kareem, especially that are elite on both sides of the ball, um, in terms of that, it, it's really something that rarely comes around, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think the guy I'm most excited to watch um, sort of develop in that way is uh, Scoot Henderson. Uh, he he has like really almost unheard of court mapping for his athleticism. So uh, I'm really excited to see him develop with the G League. Um, but Matt, if you have anything else to say about the quest for the best, go ahead and say it. Uh, if not, plug yourself one more time. And I just want to say again, like, thanks for having us on. We're more than excited to, to get this started and really, you know, be sort of bringing in the, the best draft content we can do. You know, we had our, you know, pretty crazy 30 team in 30 day series. I think it ended up being 32 days um, where we talked to, to someone from every single team leading up to the draft, you know, that was a ton of, a ton of work. And I think this sort of feels like a bit of the payoff for that. I, I at least to me, and, I, and I'm going to guess stone as well, that crazy work we put in paid off in getting an opportunity like this with a network we're passionate about uh, and getting to continue to do the work we love. So thank you again, Matt, and just let people know, uh, plug yourself to your heart's content. Yeah. I just want to say like, we kind of made in the tying this back to what we just talked about with, um, with like feel and killer instinct, like in this business of content creation, like you do need a feel, like an understanding for the game of basketball. You need to see things that people can't see. You need to have, be able to formulate opinions that like people can, you know, consume and believe in themselves. But also at the same time, like you guys said, like you need that killer instinct. And like, I remember when I talked to you guys and like just how giddy you guys got as I talked about, you know, providing more draft content. I could see it in your guys' eyes. Like, Hey, like I want this to be the rest of my life. You know what I mean? I want to be able to create content for the rest of my life. So with that, I would say, you know, stone and Bryce, they have, they have the feel for the content creation, but they also have the killer instinct and I'm excited for the future for them. But, um, for plugging myself, um, we kind of talked about it. The best way to help me out is if you follow me on Twitter 
at Matisa15. That's spelled M-A-T-I-S-S-A 15, the number. Um, and then you can, from there, you can follow all, I have it in my bio, all the other accounts that I'm a part of. And of course, you know, follow the quest for the best. I'm not going to explain to you guys how following a podcast feed helps out the podcast because I'm sure everyone knows at this point. But um, yeah, next Tuesday, the first two episodes are coming out. And I mean, I can't, I can't say like, you know, it's going to be the greatest thing in the world, but I just, I really ask everyone, you know, give me a chance to try and impress you. That's all. That's all I can ask for. Yeah. And uh, I have no doubts. I'm going to be very impressed. Um, This will be dropping tomorrow on the 8th. So, you know, timing is just right with, with all this stuff going on. Uh, I'm going to have to record some intros to past pods we've recorded to mention the rise network. So, you know, that'll be fun. Uh, But this is, uh, truly a, a special experience we're excited for and we hope you know that this this fandom we've fandom sounds like a weird way to put it but this sort of like like the people who listen to our stuff like the what we fostered so far we hope only grows and and the work continues to be a, as good as it's been and hopefully even gets better you know that's something stone and i are very passionate about we talk all the time about how much we're trying to not only grow our our viewership but also the work we do in and of itself because we want to be the best draft evaluators we can be uh so thanks again to matt stone is at report underscore court i'm at bryce hendrick 14 you can find all my writing i write for like a billion places at this point so i i hate to plug it all if you can give the podcast a rating review whatever that may be it, it helps us out a lot and and we definitely read them and you know all that all that fun stuff uh this has been great uh Upside Swings, officially a part of the Rise Podcast Network. We could not be more excited. Um, We hope we hit our ceiling. We hope we continue to hit our ceiling for our entire time with this network. Thank you.